0: Good afternoon everyone and welcome to the Triangles Meditation Group, a weekly webinar in the support and strengthening of a service activity known as Triangles. We come together to introduce this work to people who are new to it and to aid them in the forming of Triangles and also to provide a platform for those of us who are already members of Triangles to come together each week and participate in a meditative visualization in the support and strengthening of this planetary network of relationships. Triangles is a simple visualization technique using the power of thought and prayer to uplift and transform consciousness. Each member of triangles comes together each day and links up in a triangle of light with their two partners, who can live in the same house or on other parts of the planet. You don't have to coordinate your activities regarding time or place. And so you simply link with your partners, visualize a triangle of lighted, loving communication. And then you place your triangle within the larger framework of the planetary network of triangles. And then you sound a world prayer, the great invocation. And as this prayer is sounded, the energies of light and goodwill are released into all open hearts and minds who can respond to spiritual stimulation when it's released into the atmosphere. So triangles need only take a few minutes each day and it can therefore be fit into even the busiest of schedules. So if you'd like to form a triangle, please please reach out to people on this webinar through the chat box and you can privately share your email addresses with one another. And then please consider registering your triangle by going to triangles.org on our website. The more we reach out and form triangles, the more the network can spread and bring lighted, loving energy into our planet, which is quite in need of that at this time. So as we begin each week, We work with a meditative visualization in the support and strengthening of the planet. So let's visualize our planet as a sphere of lighted energy. and visualize within that sphere a triangle composed of the three primary planetary centers. Shambhala, the planetary head center, the spiritual hierarchy, the planetary heart, and humanity, the planetary throat center. Visualize the circulation of energies through these three centers flowing in all directions. Merging and blending the three centers and filling this planetary triangle with light. Now superimposed upon that triangle visualize a five-pointed star. This is the star of the world teacher, linking east and west, past and present, radiating the energy of love, wisdom. Each point of the star, the sphere of his activity, stands an outpost of his consciousness, the five planetary centers. Visualize the energies of the teacher radiating forth from the center of the triangle. Through the five points, London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo. As we sound the mantra, let's project a line of lighted energy, a bridge to the spiritual hierarchy. Radiance we are and power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth. The inner world of meaning Oh. Today, after our meditation, we have the good fortune to have two guests with us, and we'll share in dialogue um, about the influx of Aquarian energies that are pouring into our planet right now, not only from a macrocosmic perspective, but also um, more down to earth directly through our planets, confluence of planets in our system. And we'll be hearing from Philip Lindsay. Many of you might know of him from his newsletter and his website, Esoteric Astrologer. And also we'll be hearing from Dot Maber, who is quite familiar to most of you who are participants on this webinar. She is working most assiduously on Global Silent Minute and many other activities. So she'll be sharing with us some of the ways in which this influx of potent Aquarian energies of group work are being realized on the, in the world today. So we look forward to hearing from both of them. And I'm sorry to he- uh, for the sound distortion. There's construction going on above our offices here in New York. So hope you can bear with us. So as many of you know who have been involved in the work, Um, We worked through the last year, 2020, when we really began with a powerful influx of an alignment of energies in Capricorn uh, during the festival week at the end of the year at the solstice in 2019. there's was a powerful influx of Capricorn energy, which continued on into January and throughout the year. Um, with three of the most powerful outer planets, Saturn, Jupiter, and Pluto, making alignment, a very close alignment throughout the whole year. So 2020 was a a year of crisis, which is fitting with the energies of Capricorn. And as we know, crises can be both spiritual and material, depending upon the consciousness of the individual. in many disciples, for example, the crisis can move through all different layers of consciousness. So really Capricorn is a sign that reaches from the very height of spirituality. It is the sign of the mountaintop, but also to the very depths of materialism. And so that was the coloring of last year until all of you are probably familiar on the winter solstice point in 2020, the year culminated with a beautiful signature of a different note, a different Aquarian energy when Jupiter and Saturn aligned exactly at zero degrees of Aquarius on that day. And so many people thought of that as a signature in the heavens of the beginning of the Aquarian age. And certainly uh, as a symbol, it was uh, such a a reminder for all of humanity, sort of a collective experience, that there is some shift going on spiritually within our planet. But astronomically speaking, we know that these transitions between the ages actually take over 500 years. Uh, the Tibetan tells us 500 year overlap between the outgoing of one age and the incoming of another. And so we're well established within that overlap um, period, which began really in the 16th century. So now we're reaching towards, we're told, the actual beginning, which will not occur until a little less than 100 years from now. But nonetheless, this signature, what's going on in the planet, the shifting consciousness of many members who are part of what's called the new group of world servers is decidedly Aquarian in nature. And so this beautiful symbol that occurred uh, at the winter solstice was then highlighted and strengthened powerfully by the recently passed uh, Aquarius full moon. Because those of you who are somewhat interested in astrology will have known that that full moon was powerfully in alignment with the esoteric ruling planet of Aquarius, the planet Jupiter. Most of us are familiar with this idea that Aquarius is ruled by Uranus, which makes it so uh, resonant with the incoming seventh ray, which is works out through the planet Uranus. So in a lot of ways, we think generally of, of Aquarius as the ruler, but esoterically, we know from a deeper perspective, the planet Jupiter, the great second ray planet that is so aligned with the hierarchical intention to bring forth love onto our planet, that full moon was in an exact alignment, which with Jupiter, which was found in the sign of Aquarius in the ancient astrological teachings when two planets were the sun in this case when a planet is exactly in alignment with the sun it was called kazimi and kazimi means within the heart of the sun sometimes they say sitting on the throne with the sun and it gives you a very um, it's a very exalted positioning it really exponentially strengthens the planet that is in Kazemi with the sun. So that powerful influx of Aquarian energy, which always occurs at the full moon was powerfully enhanced by this Kazemi position with Jupiter. And then now we're approaching an even perhaps more powerful event. We can't really compare or quantify astrological configurations But this Thursday, February 11th at 2.05 p.m. in New York Eastern Standard Time, there'll be an exact new moon wherein there will be a configuration of six planets in Aquarius. So at the festival week, new moon, there were six planets coming together during that week in the sign of Capricorn. And now within a little over a year later, this huge shift of six planets into Aquarius. So it's really giving um, our planet a real influx of this energy towards which we're moving uh, collectively. So Aquarius being the sign of service, I feel that our two speakers will be able to shed much light on this period for us. So look forward to hearing from them. So let's take a moment now to link up with each other, coming together in group fusion, linking in thought as a soul, as a point of love and light with all those people throughout the world who are working with this triangle's meditation group. Let's project a line of lighted energy to the highest center on our planetary life, the center Shambhala. San the mantra in the center of the will of God, I stand. Nought shall deflect my will from his. I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men. Now link with the world teacher who stands as the heart of love at the center of the spiritual hierarchy and also at the heart of each triangle. Visualize these energies unifying and eliminating all divisions within humanity, healing and transforming human consciousness, establishing right human relationships. Again, align with the spiritual hierarchy and sound the mantra of unification. The souls of all are one and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Visualize the whole planet, a light with triangles. See new triangles being formed everywhere Now as we sound the great invocation, let's visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity as a channel through which light, love, and divine purpose may flow into human consciousness. Let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center, which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Thank you, everyone. Uh, okay. Now we're getting ready to admit our speakers. Uh, they seem to have dropped down in our list here. Let's see. Okay. Uh, okay. Hi, Dot. Um, this this. Hi Kathy. Hi, Hi. everyone. I'll find Philip. Okay. I'm there. Hi. Oh, you're there. Okay, great. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome to you both, and thank you so much for being with us. Um, Philip, can we start with you and sharing some thoughts on this upcoming new moon, and any other things you'd like to share?
1: First of all, uh, thanks, Kathy, for keeping this wonderful initiative going. Uh, great uh, aquarium service, so uh, creating a, an oasis of light for uh, on a weekly basis for how many years now?
0: Uh, I should know, but I don't remember actually. A few years, yeah.
1: It's, uh, I hope to be more involved with it in the future, but um, this new moon, it occurred to me uh, is one of the marker points between the ages of uh, Pisces and Aquarius in this last 500-year cusp. And so the purpose of my new moon, um, that I just sent out a couple of days ago, was to identify um, several of the signposts in that 500-year period that um, uh, were all strong, um strong, indicators of Aquarius uh, emerging. So for instance, the, the discovery of Uranus in 1781, uh, then the discovery of Neptune, which was passing through Aquarius in 1846. Um, the various ray cycles, the fifth ray cycle of 1775, the fifth ray being the only Ray to pass through Aquarius. The seventh ray cycle of um, 1675, I believe. Uh, and so forth, coming right up to um, 1962, where we had this amazing seven-planet stellium in Aquarius. And that was an eclipse as well, a solar eclipse. Mm. So it left its um, etheric imprint in the body of very powerfully. And um, I realized when I was studying this that 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 really was a powerful marker uh, an even more powerful marker in many ways than the previous ones in terms of the incredible acceleration of technology that took off around about that time uh, the, the revolution of the 1960s uh, in terms of uh, culture and science um social changes and upheaval and so forth uh, dot's going to cover a few more of those things later i think but um then we I realized when I was looking at this new moon um, chart for a few days' time for February the eleventh that it was in fact the Saturn return the second Saturn return of the original nineteen sixty two eclipse
0: and what does that mean? What is the Saturn return for those of us who don't
1: cycle so um we're looking at Saturn and Jupiter were in Aquarius in 1962 and they're both back in Aquarius in 2021. And the second Saturn return for an individual or any entity is one of, of real maturity and a person can really start to come into their power around that, that time uh, if they haven't done so already and and it, it can consolidate upon that even more. So we're seeing the Saturn return, and also reaping the karma, if you like, of the last 60-year cycle since 1962, uh, good and bad, of course. And um, and we find ourselves in a major planetary crisis since last year, uh, the, with the passage of Saturn and Jupiter through Capricorn. So um, all these same planets are present in this stellium in February, on February the 11th, as were in 1962, except for Mars. Mars is not in the picture this time, but Pallas Athena, the asteroid is a very powerful asteroid. So, um,
0: that might be an interesting, it's an interesting juxtaposition for Mars for Pallas Athena. Yeah, very positive, I would say. Both,
1: they're both fighting planets too. Yeah, but
0: once feminine, <laughs> perhaps that's a difference.
1: And with the totem, the owl, but she's, she's also a warrior. Yeah. And of ancient Athens. So, and, and her energy is very closely conjunct this Sun-Moon conjunction in the, in the new moon. This new moon, by the way, is not an eclipse. So uh, the, the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction you're referring to on the winter solstice, December the 21st last year was obviously another place because that had not been a conjunction in that, that particular sign for 800 years. So that combined with this new moon is a major seed point. Yeah. Uh, plus also the fact that uh, Uranus, the ruler of Aquarius, going through Taurus right now is square to Saturn in Aquarius. In, in Aquarius for the next two years, almost yeah. two. And here we have the major thrust of, of my um, new moon article is this, this uh, struggle between the status quo, Saturn and what is coming and, and what wants to, uh, to bring in the new Uranus. And this is what we're going to see, and I think we're going to see some really radical things take place um, in 2021 and through to 2022. A lot of our people, uh, a lot of strain and um, of uh, people trying to hang on to the past while uh, others try and uh, bring in the new. And there are various groups vying to bring in what they think is, is the best thing for humanity. Uh, and, and so um, there, there are several groups kind of all in conflict with one another about what that should be. So um, then, of course, we have the ongoing conjunctions uh, or the, the so-called airy trigon continuing for the next 100 years before uh, Jupiter and Saturn, before we go into the age of Aquarius astronomically in 2117, which I have an essay on my my, uh, my website about. So this is an extraordinary thrust of, of planets uh, in Aquarius, Sun, Moon, Jupiter, Saturn, Venus, and Mercury. And it's interesting not to note that Mercury is at the same degree in Aquarius as it was in 1962. Mm, interesting. So there's something to to check out about that Mercury, the messenger, who is the disseminator of wisdom. So we are entering into this scientific age of Aquarius for the next 2,000 years cycle, which is ruled essentially by Uranus in terms of science, exoteric or esoteric. But as you were saying, Jupiter, the esoteric ruler, is really the the, uh, Aquarian water bearer who pours forth from her urn to serve Mm -hmm. thirsting With the waters of love, wisdom.
0: Yeah.
1: Or with the plasma, if you like, if you want to speak in more electrical terms. But, um, and this is the key to group work and community and this online community that this initiative that you've been running for several years is is an excellent example of of how we can uh, come together globally and, uh, and, in really you know, uh, powerful meditation and and discussion, so um, building communities online and and of course on the physical plane is is uh, very much the, the theme of, of Aquarius. Yeah. yeah.
0: Dot, did you want to jump in now and share perhaps a few? Thoughts? I will
2: to I, I I really appreciate working through this sacred triangle Philip yeah. and Kathy and as we do each year around this time it seems and, and all the time and
0: we should we should fess up that we are in a natural triangle <laughs> we have a triangle
2: yeah together. I love that so but that we actually um present like this um yes in it's really lovely and it, it You know, a couple of things touch me, Philip, and as we spoke briefly a little bit earlier, um, as we pull some threads through now, first, the Mercury thing didn't occur to me till just now. That has to do with the Antakarana as well. Mm -hmm. So it just seems that as humanity is awakening and the heart is awakening, and we're really so many of us, and as a group, so much more conscious. One of the things that happened... um, at the time of the 21st solstice, in fact, is um, through Four Worlds International Institute is, is our connection with uh, Global Silent Minute and others. And it, our indigenous uh, brothers and sisters and the elders, literally from around the world, and many of whom had never been in touch uh, with civilization, so to speak, to this point, stepped forth answering a call and speaking to the prophecies. And of course, the Hopi prophecy is one that, that many of us are familiar with and saying that humanity had it is in this great turning, this great shifting, but it wasn't a, a, a done deal. And it still isn't. However, we've turned a corner and we have made a decision inwardly is what I took from many of these meetings and that there's a willingness to step forward with the ancient wisdom and prophecies. And and so as all of us step forth at this time, it seems like that's one of the things that's landing and looking back at 62, 1962, Mm -hmm. I love that. Second Saturn return, let's mature, right? And step out And the technology piece, sign network lands in what, uh, 2019. A synergized impact network exchange, and this is um, thanks to John Raymer and others, and, and John Raymer's founder of Compassion Games. Also, he calls it "Survival of the Kindest," which you have to love. They're in their forty-day thing right now. But what that has done, uh, Philip and Kathy, is it has married the sign network has married Zoom technology, the the most one of the most advanced for us, obviously that. Mm -hmm. on it now uh, with social media in a way that is stunning so in just a push of a button now around the world it's like it's like we imagine the triangles network just totally lighting Mm -hmm. up this gorgeous infrastructure on the planet Mm -hmm. which allows for a, a flow through and it has given us a possibility of networking networks in just a stunning way. So I'll just say one more thing before I sit back for a minute again. And that has to do with the Hague Center for Global Governance Innovation and Emergence, which is one of the groups that has stepped forth through this network along with a number of others. And one of the things they offered recently and ongoing is donut economics. And many of us are familiar with that, right? It's a, but during COVID, Amsterdam decided we're not doing uh, gross national product and GDP. Uh, We're not doing that anymore. We we can't be about economic growth anymore. So Amsterdam, as a city, decided let's do this new model to meet the need of people and planet. And that makes me think of Greta Thunberg and so many others. but anyway, to meet the needs of people within the resources of the planet. So Philip, again, what, when you were just sharing, those three things just snapped for me as we are seeing the new era emerge right now in beautiful ways, in spite of what I heard you intimate, which, yeah, there's a lot of crisis, danger, and opportunity, and which way do we go?
1: Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned Amsterdam because uh, the Netherlands is an Aquarian soul, one of the three, only three nations, Russia, the USA, and the Netherlands, are Aquarian souls.
0: Oh.
1: So um, it's quite unique that, uh, that those kind of progressive ideas are coming through and uh, taking prisoners.
0: Yeah. Philip, I wondered if you've had any thoughts about the higher aspects of Saturn because, you know, Uh, The exoteric view of Saturn is one thing, you know, about crisis, the lord of karma and whatnot. But for the discipleship group of the world, we know that Saturn is a ruling, one of the major ruling planets. And it it also, as you know, will be governing for the first 700 year cycle of the Aquarian age. Mm -hmm. And so we have to look at this passage, I think, of saturn through aquarius as a real opportunity you know if we look at it on another from a different perspective
1: yeah a very steep learning curve i think you know we've experienced saturn in capricorn its own rulership throughout 2020 as saturn the jailer you know um the the lower part of saturn saturn that that uh generates fear uh um, that's the kind of the typical sort of ancient astrology, sort of malefic expression of Saturn. Yeah. But it is the esoteric ruler as well as the exoteric ruler of Capricorn. And of course, it rules the first decanate of Aquarius that we're going into for the next 700 years. Yeah. D.K. tells us that it, it offers opportunity. And the opportunity it, it offers is, is mental polarization, I think. Mm-hmm. It, of, you know, D.K. continually tells us that, it, that humanity is still mainly astrally polarized or in Atlantean consciousness.
2: Yeah.
1: So Saturn and Aquarius will provide a lot of discipline, mental discipline, yeah. people, um, to, especially right now because um, there is so much emotional turmoil, astral turmoil uh, going on on the planet. Yeah crisis but also that astral turmoil is coming from the hierarchy themselves we're approaching energy and stirring up the astral plane and that's why everything's been turned upside down and inside out and reversed because of the astral kind of uh, mirroring and um, so Saturn in Aquarius is going to provide uh, this sort of mental stimulus but it won't be easy for a lot of people um, and unfortunately also though, Saturn and Aquarius will tend to consolidate and strengthen people who are already way over polarized in in the mind, in, in in the sciences, for instance, which Aquarius rules. Mm-hmm. So what what we're seeing is as far as the 1962 cycle to till to today goes, is we've made marvelous uh, advances in the sciences. Some people have said that I'm anti-science. I'm far from it. I, I write articles frequently on science, but we've also seen the dark and selfish side of science, um, and this is the this is part of what is causing the crisis today, in my mind, and that has to be dealt with in the in the next couple of years to bring in the balance of Aquarius on the one side, the scientists uh, with with Uranus sciences in general, mm-hmm. uh, Jupiter with the compassionate understanding and, and human relationships. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much it in a nutshell, I think, in many ways. But Saturn yeah. Aquarius will, will be a steep curve, um, I think, but a, a necessary one. Um, and is aided and abetted in many ways by this square of Uranus, the ruler of Aquarius. To yeah. yeah. so
2: it, oh,
1: it's just going to be remarkable. Um, Growth period for us all. There'll be plenty of ups and downs, I'm sure. And of course, uh, the USA and all Aquarian soul nations will be deeply affected. Yes. Netherlands. Um, But of course, particularly the USA, because of its role in leading the world into the new Aquarian cycle, Mm -hmm. and it's destiny that uh, cannot be thwarted. But through which the materialistic powers are trying, fighting tooth and nail, to to create, to, to block.
0: Yeah.
1: The emergence of the hierarchy in uh, sometime after 2025.
0: Yeah. I, w- I was reading an interesting point about the fixed cross. For those people who don't know, there are three different crosses that make up the zodiac, and the fixed cross is the one that governs discipleship. Um, And it also governs the hierarchy uh, I was reading, which is really interesting and I had forgotten that point. And the Tibetan gives a ruling planet for each of the crosses and for the fixed cross, he gives Saturn. So it's not only that Saturn's governing humanity, but it's governing, um, not, not just governing the spiritual people and the new group of world servers, but also the hierarchy. And so the hierarchy certainly uses the influence of Saturn in Aquarius in a very profound way that we can hope to uh, get a touch of in, through our work together in our groups. Yeah.
1: And Jupiter is going to be there for another year.
0: Yes, yes. So
1: that would take the edge off the somewhat austere nature of Saturn.
0: Yes. And also, as you said, Uranus squaring that access, perhaps we will really make major breakthroughs, as you said, you know, and maybe the discipleship group has to loosen up a little from their Saturnine ways and be willing to experiment in uh, in new ways under Uranus. But why don't we open it up? There might be some sharing that people would like to, if, if you or Dot would like to read something, And if anybody would like to share audibly, they can raise their hand by clicking on their name in the participants box. There are some. Oh, there are a couple people who do want to share. So let's um, ask them to unmute. Linda, Linda Rosa, Uh, uh, ask to unmute. I don't know if you're still there, Linda. She might have stepped away.
2: So, Philip, Uh, there's a question What is your website? And let's, when you say it, let's put it in the chat.
1: Esotericastrologer.org. Say again Esotericastrologer.org.
0: And Joshua, did you have a, a comment? Yeah, there was uh, one comment, and some other people have commented that they're having trouble hearing uh, Philip. Um, yeah, I've been able to hear him, but uh, he's been lower than uh, you and uh, Dot. Okay. Um, it's been like full, cool, but it's almost
1: full
2: anyway.
0: Yeah, it's a little low right now, Philip.
2: No. So, Philip Wayne has a. Uh, question or yeah question any thoughts about Pluto completing its 248 earth year year and as I understand it about to re-enter Aquarius in three or so years 248 years ago was 1773 a significant time in the emerging life of the USA in three to four years 248 years ago will then equal 1776. So the entire last Pluto year encompasses the life of America since its Declaration, at least.
1: Yeah, um, this is something I've been writing about for the last few years: the Pluto return, the imminent Pluto return, first Pluto return in USA's chart, and hence the other reason why everything's breaking down and uh, there's so much confusion. But all the crystallizations of corruption in both political parties, for instance, and all through the business world and everywhere else, it's all breaking up. And, and Pluto has three more years approximately left there before it enters into Aquarius in 2025. Yeah. Um, about three or four plants entering into various signs in 2025, which is going to be quite remarkable because that is the year of the, um, the hierarchical conclave. So, um, yeah, I think that, um, my feeling is to answer Wayne's question, I think it was Wayne, um, yeah. um, that this, this turmoil that the world is in at the moment will probably last about 10 years, uh, especially for the USA. Um, other countries maybe less so. Um, and particularly the next few years before 2025. It's really a matter of all of us holding our ground and and, uh, and working subjectively in groups like this, of course, to, uh, to help strengthen, strengthen the battle line, so to speak.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's any uh, coincidence that Pluto's going through this uh, Capricornian experience, dragging up to the surface all of the, um, the dirt, you might say, in our planet during this ending of the stage of the forerunner. I think it's like, so coinc- it's not a coincidence, so, you know. I, I had a, uh, another question for Dodd, if I could. Sure. Um, you referenced the Hopi prophecy. Can you talk a little more on uh, the
1: details of that and, and some of these other prophecies you were referencing from the indigenous people?
2: Yeah, I would love to, but that's probably another triangles as I'm, yeah. I'm looking at the time realistically, but I would love to do that actually. Um, and yeah, and it, it has to do with very, it's very much aligned with, uh, as we know from the ageless wisdom, what is uh, proposed is possible and in fact probable as humanity takes its place on the world stage. And, and what, I, what I want to say, Philip and Kathy, and I'm, I speak for myself, but I might be speaking for a lot of folks on this call and in the Triangles Network, thank you. A wholehearted, heartfelt gratitude for what the two of you put forth all the time. And you know, it's really challenging as we are moving through this. It's hard not to get caught in a snapshot moment sometimes uh, regardless of what cycle we're going through. And right now, as you have said, both of you so articulately, we're going through all the cycles changing at once. And with the planets just offering such a, a wonderful pressure, you know, like a an egg wanting to to burst. Mm-hmm. And and with that, I, I want to offer us something. I, I don't know about anyone else, but it's I find it very challenging at times to speak with Friends and colleagues about what's going on, and I know Philip, you have put forth some really beautiful and challenging pieces for us to think through. But lest we identify there, we have to take action, yes, and that's like often my middle name, but Rudolf Steiner offers us a thought that I'd love to share, Kathy, if there's time.
0: Yeah, and then why don't you just, after you share that, go right into the silent minute. We'll observe the silent Um, minute. Okay, at the top. Okay, And thank you, Philip, so much for being here and we'll have to have you back. Thank you so much.
2: So one must educate oneself to listen with profound inner calm, even to things one cannot in the least agree with. Listen, not in a spirit of supercilious endurance, but with the most positive inner tolerance, as one would to well-founded utterances on the other person's part. In the higher worlds, there is little sense in making objections to anything. A person with experience in that realm knows that the most opposite views about the same fact can be expressed there. When you have made yourself capable of listening to the other's opposite view with exactly the same tolerance you feel toward your own view, and Steiner says please note this then and then only do you have the social attitude required for experiencing what was formerly merely theoretical knowledge of the higher worlds and we still have 2 minutes before i could do a very brief intro of it philip if you want to either comment on that or or say say well, something
1: else
2: can't
1: hear you, Philip. Oh, I was just saying to Doc that she can keep going if she wants to.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay. All right, then I'd be, uh, I will. And maybe we can stay a minute or two after to hear Philip's comment then. Uh, because, again, one of the reasons that we go into the Global Silent Minute every day at 9 p.m. GMT is to come together in unity of consciousness to anchor global cooperation peace, and freedom, and knowing that there is such polarization right now, silence as action in sacred unity, actually, in the words of Wellesley Tudor Pohl, becomes a spiritual weapon that used during World War II helped end that war, and now can help end all warring and help bring peace to humankind. So let's just take a moment and prepare ourselves then to go into the silence together with millions around the world and those on the other side of the veil. So we take a deep breath and activate peace and healing in our own hearts. And now we invite those on the other side of the veil to assist with our intention. As we anchor together global cooperation, peace, and freedom. Shanti.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much. Did you have any final thoughts to share, Philip?
1: Um, well, don't get me started. Again. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think the, the key we as esoteric um, students can work subjectively of course, which is very powerful as Dr was saying in the silence um, and apply what we've been learning for, for most of our lives in uh, esotericism. And because quite often many students are uh, too theoretical on the, on the teaching, um and don't really apply it practically now is our chance now is where the rubber hits the road as they say Mm -hmm. to to apply the work in in uh, group meditation Uh, how powerful are we at visualizing and linking up and staying mentally polarized and 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 holding holding the energy and directing it but also, I think the besides the subjective work, um, I think a lot of people need to get up and march in the streets as well at the moment in in various cities around the world and um, uh, make social protest against um, against deprived li- liberties. Um, this is a very contentious issue, of course, but. Um, Uh, but I've had this question quite a few times. It was saying, you know, should should I just work subjectively? And I I advise to work as as much as you can in the objective and subjective worlds.
0: Okay, all right. Thank you so much. And thank you so much, Dot. And thank you all for your participation. Sorry, we didn't get to share a lot of the comments, but we'll forward them on to Dot and to Philip. And we thank you all for your participation. So thank you. Thank you. See you next time.